Inside Warringah, a podcast looking at the upcoming federal election from the perspective of the Northern Beaches. In this episode, we reach out to Lambert Fisher from an organisation called Gay Care, which is situated in Colorado Beach, and gives real support to the LGBTQI community on the Northern Beaches. This is an organisation dedicated to the mental and physical health of the LGBTQI community, helping with issues like homelessness and drug or alcohol abuse, especially for youth who sometimes don't have parents that are accepting of their identity. Recently, Catherine Dees was nominated as Liberal Party candidate for Ringa. As noted in this podcast and elsewhere in the media, Dees has outspoken opinions on people who are transgender and gender diverse, particularly around sport. Even though she has deleted her past social media presence, she has since apologised for old posts linking transgender athletes to the Holocaust in World War II. She has not sought to apologise or distance herself from the point of view she was arguing in past social media posts that are now being unearthed in the media and has led to a plethora of harmful comments being directed towards the transgender and gender diverse community. Whilst largely being silent during the election, Deeves' past has hijacked coverage of this election and has led to division within the Liberal Party as members are scared of its impact on nearby Liberal strongholds like Wentworth or North Sydney. I say she has been mostly silent, however that's not from lack of us trying on our part. Inside Ringa has reached out to Liberal Party representatives at the federal, state and local level. No one is keen for an interview, and there are more media reports on Catherine Deeds being banned from publicly speaking. I should say, Inside Ringa is a podcast dedicated to the federal election on the Northern Beaches. People who listen to this podcast want to hear from candidates. If you don't show up, you don't get heard. Also, this may shock you, but I'm by no means a skilled journalist with a carry bag of gotcha questions. It's like Manchester United being intimidated by the under-16 Pythons. I ain't your Chris Kenny or Laura Tingle, so the invite is definitely open. So I started the podcast by saying I wanted to be respectful and use the right framing for people who are transgender, agenda diverse. Well, I believe that we are in, in a stage where we really have to get active um, and not you know, get bogged down in theory because there's actually very, I mean, looking at, you know, suicide, looking at um, statistics about depression on the northern beaches, that's a very, very serious thing. And it's something that affects a lot of people, specifically young people. And I don't think that's really the issue that would solve, uh, that it's it's the um, problem that needs to be solved here it's it's a lot more practical a lot more active and young people don't seem to have anyone to relate to in these very specific topics and that's why they're just lost there's a there's a whole crowd of lost teenagers and young adults living here and there's just a before I mean, I'm not saying that gay care changed everything, but there was just simply nowhere to go to or to, to really just have this environment, um, this casual environment, where you could, where you sort of felt that you weren't the only one and you weren't a lost individual. And there needs to be uh, there needs to be a lot more tolerance publicized here because I mean. Our time is basically ever since it started in October 2020, um, just being a boxing bag. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's people driving past swearing and just 
not even mentioning that with the glass, with the windows being smashed. And mm -hmm. um, what I would just say to that question of um, getting into this gendering everything out, maybe it does help individuals sort of to be respected at who they are. If if they if you take it from an approach that they need that, but I believe we need to get our youth very strong, you know, in their minds that they don't get. I mean, this um, they need to be they need to be very they need to have an anchor. They need to be they need to be assured of who they are. They need to be mm -hmm. you know very strong headed i mean it's it's not a perfect society that's why they do need a thick skin mm. and there's a lot of you know there's a lot of abuse here and mm. probably we need to point that out more well, actually that's that was one of the things i was, was going to ask you there because everything you've just said there um i've worked amongst the you know apart from the the church stuff that i told you about before we started recording but also with charities that help young people Everything you've said there sounds sounds like it fits for all young people, um, regardless of identifications and all the rest of it. What I don't know is, um, is there anything specific um, from gay, lesbian, trans community that um, that we need to think about that's different to the approach for the rest of the community? Or is it just, you know, we need to be thinking about young people in general more like this? Well, why I'm, I would specifically say, but what I would say specifically about um, transgender and gay people or young people would be that they don't, that they have additional difficulties, meaning, so out of our experience, for example, when they came out, that, it, that the family just drops them. Mm. Um, we had um, a young kid, the father, lived in Mossman with a new family and he was just, um, you know, he was basically turfed out and he just um, was by himself or is by himself. And I mean, of course that happens to heterosexual people, but there's additional difficulties that this specific group faces a lot more than, you know, people that don't have, difficulties promoting their own sexuality and it's i mean there there would be um I, I mean i don't i don't i believe that there's no organization that really looks after them and know where to go to for them yeah nothing uh, nothing specific so so that's where uh, the concept of gay care came up right well i mean we just wanted to promote that um you know there there was a big problem here because, well, I mean, for exa one example was that in that alleyway just next to where we are, there was a young kid just dragged out of his mind um, on the floor. And this whole story unraveled of an individual living on the northern beaches that was just very sad. Mm. And over this period of time, I would say of the last four, four years, there was a lot of um, individual stories that we were confronted with that show that this is a very big problem here, that people, I mean, I can only say that about 
the LGBT community kids now, because that's what I'm, you know, here for. Mm-hmm. That there's a huge issue with the acceptance of these people, and also the ability for these individuals to be very assured that they are on the right and that they are just as anyone else, and they're just marginalized over and over again. I mean, that's that's our feeling. So can you can you tell us like because obviously we've driven past and seen the signs. Can you tell us what uh, how you started that up and and what what it is that you're actually doing there? Because again, from a uh, from a casual observer, it, it's a very bright shop front, um, but don't know much more than that. Well, so why obviously the shop front is that bright and big and um, so everyone sees it and showing to every, you know, school kid or adult or teenager that drives past that this is a force to be reckoned with and that, you know, that's something that brought a change um, to a lot of people's thinking, I, I believe. It started because of this promoting the community the LGBT community, that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. And gay care is there for people, for young, for anyone really to come in and talk about the topic in an environment that they feel comfortable in. And it's, we are, um, we, at the start, we did it a lot more that we organized accommodation for people that were turfed out, out of their mm-hmm. families and out of their living arrangements and had nowhere to go. And we do, specifically for younger people, we would organize work and jobs so they get to be able to start a new life, even though they have, you know, if they have difficulties with things, we we, we um, try to help as good as we can, trying to get their life back on track. It is a very difficult, or it has been very difficult right from the start, with um, the abuse of um, drugs and alcohol to be able to really help them in the long run um, because that's something that's just far out of our capabilities to police. But that's, it, it just, I mean, for I would say it's mostly has been about promoting the existence of these people and that they need to be looked after and that they need to be treated just as anyone else. Mm. Um, specifically in the context of the bashings and the killings of of gay men and women um, in the area. So, and again, forgive my ignorance. Um, I've heard the stories, but most of the stories I hear are from you know twenty years ago. Um, and so, you know, as again, ignorance, but thinking that uh, this sort of thing has gotten better. So is it still really that, it's still widespread though? Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, we started the organization right when the tri- when it came out, when the murder came out um, of Scott Johnson, mm-hmm. because that was the big moment where, you know, finally there was some justice brought in, even though the whole case was, you know, dragged out through COVID and that's basically where it started. So this is the um, the murder that occurred in 1988, but I think only recently um, that someone was found guilty. Is that right? Yeah. Well, because the police 
um, started to, they put out a million um, to get evidence of whoever did that um, because they declared it a murder. And then Scott Johnson's brother also um, put another million to it for whoever was able to, you know, give evidence or give some sort of um, information on who did it. And then the neighbor of the murderer dropped him in, but it's only after this money was raised. And, and um, when, when was it declared a murder? Sorry. If the death was 30-something years ago? Well, because, because the, the person... the up? Well, because the person that did it said in court he did it. I mean, that was when it was declared, you know, that there's no doubt about that. It's only recently came up again because it sort of it was resolved, only because you know the murderer or the the person that did it said that in front of everyone else in court. Wow. And but it's it's very sad because back then, the police and everyone else said that um, Scott Johnson just hit himself on the head with a hammer and jumped down the cliff. So, but even that's all old. Um, there's a lot of bashings that are not old and it's yeah. still happening and kids are frightened of telling anyone who they are. I mean, mm-hmm. some are, some are not, but there's a lot of violence here, specifically in, in the youth. Um, and that's, you know, it just needs to be promoted. It needs to be made normal. It needs to be t- tolerated. So then how do, if we bring it back to the the federal election for for Warringah. So now now you've got a candidate who has been put up who's been known to make comments around trans community. How big of an impact is that for, for you and the people that you work with? I mean I always believed ever since I've you know been here that it's a very widespread there's a lot of LGBT people here and it's a very important thing for this area and it's it's just a real clash of basically culture i mean you've got these bright minds that um, live amongst amongst a lot of people that are just very brutal so yeah it's interesting because yeah one of the candidates came out and said um or has said in the past things like um you know, trans people uh, essentially it amounts to mutilation, right? So not exactly positive. Um, so that's that's one side of it. But I guess the other side of it is that that then sparks everybody else to give a bit of a backlash to that and try and change people's minds the other way, right? Well, yes, but um, every candidate has to admit that they're there for all residents and for all people in the community. Mm. And they can't, you know, exclude. It's just not going to work. They can't exclude whole groups of. Um, I mean, that's just very back-minded and very. I mean, it's really not. They're not really doing their job right if they mm. exclude the community. Um, and that's why, you know, having finally someone that even came into the shop is just, you know, another era really. Because, I mean, if if you wanted to serve the whole community. That's your job, you know, to go around and talk to people. So what was it like when GK first started? The first time it's after it started was very, you know, very rough because mm. there was a lot of abuse. Um, there was a person standing by the day, uh, door saying, burn in hell and yep. um, 
it is a bold statement that you're making there. Were you expecting that? Because it's a bold and statement. Israel, Israel for Laos said you should burn in hell and things uh, like that. Far out. Hmm. Um, not that it should happen to you. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's, it is a bold statement in a bold area where you, um, um, you know some of the people that are out there. Um, well, the thing is, it's not as, it's not as if there was no LGBT community before we started. But mm. the, the, they were here, but they were just not tolerated. Mm. Um, and I'm saying that because we've talked to so many people um, that even have been very homophobic themselves because they couldn't accept who they were. Mm. And they are all from this area. And it's just a, a topic that's turfed under the carpet and that every now and then has very violent outbursts. And it is something that this community needs to resolve. And that's why it's not a really bold topic. It's, it's, it's something that needs to be rectified. And um, even to this day, there's still abuse. And there's absolute, um, I mean, like you said, there's, there, people just don't know because it's not talked about and people don't feel comfortable even mentioning it that's why it's it's interesting i i still believe it's a it's a bold statement you made but it it kind of needs to be made to bring the conversation to a head right well it needs to be people need to feel that it's it doesn't matter who they are who they mm. identify as sexual with their sexuality and everyone in the community really should you know tolerate from wherever we are, whatever we do, and whatever we really believe and are. And um, I mean, that's our time. And that's, that's a very good time that this happens now. And I find the resolution of that case was a very good um, time to start this discussion. So in that, um, so what do I, as, as a, a kid that, well, I'm not kidding but grew up as a kid in a very sheltered environment, um, like to think I'm open-minded, but then, you know, I got um, not smacked in the face, but, uh, you know, uh, confronted by all of this when, you know, someone in our church um, came out as queer, right? And our whole church had to sit there and go, oh, hang on a second. <laughs> um, this is really close to home now. How do I deal with it? Right? So, um for someone who has been sheltered um, or who who hasn't had to deal with it a lot in the past, what what sort of steps do I take to to be a, a little bit more knowledgeable about it to kind of break down some of those barriers? I mean, in the end, it's about tolerance. I mean, every, everyone can be tolerant and there's a lot of, People around that are obviously very different to yourself and to you know to people. Mm. And what this community needs to learn is tolerance, and um, because there's so many problems coming from it. But it's not if you have that connected to your sexuality, and if that's very important to you, um, it absolutely cripples your whole approach to life, specifically when you grow into the adulthood and if you know if you can't 
I mean, there's a lot of people that we've talked to that have diverted their whole life, you know, 50, 60 years looking back at it. They told us that um, their whole life they just abused alcohol and drugs to just push that side of themselves down. And some people even said they were never able to talk to anyone about who they really are right until that day. Um, so it is a very important thing for someone's character to be ab absolutely comfortable with. I'd imagine even, uh, you know, you, you talk about some parents, you know, disowning their kids and everything, you definitely hear that one. But even for the parents that um, don't do that and do love their kids and, and keep and try and support, they probably still don't, even though the love is there, they probably don't even know what to do because it's not something that they're used to dealing with either, right? Um, I mean, you are very fortunate if that happens as a child, if you do have your parents that just fully support you, and that does you know, happen a lot too. I'm not saying that. But that's why the education should come from the school or should be you know, very sensitively be um, promoted. And yeah, because not everyone is that fortunate. Yeah, exactly. One question I had, Lambert, was, and I don't know whether you remember the conversation around safe schools. So that was where you had two different sort of sides talking about what should be taught to kids around this particular topic. Um, so when, and I remember from that entire conversation when that happened, it got quite divisive and you'd see quite slightly ugly language used. So when... That discussion was happening, if you remember it, or like similar things like it. So, for instance, when Israel Folau says something homophobic, does that lead to an increase for people going to gay care and saying, like, look, you know, I saw this. So then that led to people being triggered by it? Um, well, I mean, for Israel Folau, shockingly enough, there have been people repeating what he said, you know, to us and um, in the shop in front of anyone else that was in the shop at the time. But I, I wouldn't say that there were more people coming into the shop, but I would say that it brings the whole discussion in the spotlight, obviously. But, I mean, obviously the people that would come into the shop, you know, are, are quite shocked about that all. People would talk about that and would say that it's very terrible that this still happens. It also makes people aware of it, which is a positive thing um because otherwise you know more and more people i mean a lot of people wouldn't even know about anything to do with homophobia yeah i think the reason why i was asking that was especially from the pre-section of catherine Deves, who has these outspoken opinions and have for a long time around people that are transgender or gender diverse if she wasn't pre-selected, this wouldn't be a topic of conversation that would be happening at all. And you see a lot of people that are using this very niche topic about trans people in sport to then blowing it up to then being, to give it more visibility around this, you know, this argument between two different people who basically sort of boil down to acceptance of LGBT people um, that you're talking about. So I was just thinking whether that 
frames a lot of the support that you need to give to people that come to gay care or whether that sort of influences in any way at all? I would not promote, you know, to smack the topic into everybody's face, but it's, it's just, it's about leaving people to who they are and help them. For example, in sports, I mean, sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not, but, um, I think it's, it comes down to really making everyone feel part of the group. I mean, and what was the issue in sports? I'm not quite sure about that. Uh, the, the scare tactics that are running are around, you know, if a guy identifies as a, as a female, there's different body types and strengths and stuff like that. So um, suddenly the, the campaign around all of that is that uh, suddenly guys will uh, turn trans and turn into women and then win all of the events. Um, I mean, that's... I don't even have to say that. That's in a nutshell. And I, yeah, uh, I, I know some of the people who feel that way. I, like I told you, I'm a, I grew up a church boy. Uh, I know some of the people who would be sitting here really upset with me for not backing up, for not sitting here and and trying to defend Israel Folau right now. And I don't. I think well, it's a for writing it. But um, to be honest. To be honest, this sort of discussion with with sports and that people, you know, trick the system and things like that, they're really not discussions that we should have because they're really not important. Because, hmm. um, I mean, based, I mean, I, I think basically on the beaches there's even more um, fit women than men. Or I mean, it's it's if, even saying that women should be should have it easier than men in the sports and everything. Um, I, I think they're very capable and it's just amazing. It's not even talking about the issues gay teens have. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just, I mean, one of the many scams in this country. <laughs> From when Matt was talking about how he should approach people, like people that come out, as trans or come out as LGBT people, uh, sort of like to him. Um, I was just thinking that the that's the Prime Minister Scott Morrison made a comment actually today that talking about how Australians were fed up with walking on eggshells um, every day because they may or may not say something one day that upsets someone. Instead of bringing it back to this sort of discussion, whether that conversation comes from sort of a position of love or respect, which I think is probably what you're tapping into. Uh, yes, but I, I don't think it's like walking on eggshells to talk to someone. I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, it, it, if you, if you think the world is like that, then you think that, but you, if you just um, respectful, I don't think you will offend anyone. So I don't, I don't quite know how. But that people is that is the divide, right? Uh, so, the 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 fact is, when you're not used to it, uh, and you've grown up in a in an environment that's, um, you know, where you are fed things that are essentially homophobic, um, it's really tough to understand what you need to do. Uh, so, I I know a lot of people that do feel like they're they're treading on eggshells because they're worried about what they would say. Um, I don't think that that's 
right or correct, but I, I do understand that there are people that feel that way. The only other, um, and I know, apologies, we said that we're wrapping up, um, but just mm -hmm. from things that I wanted to get your thoughts on also was, so earlier this year, I think it was in February, uh, there was the, in federal parliament, there was a discussion around a religious discrimination bill where you, it was, it was talking about the role of, or the ability for individual schools to discriminate against people based on their gender identity, whether it be trans or gender diverse, whether that became an issue that you saw in the young kids that came to the shop. Um, the reason I ask is that it, it was a bit of a contentious one within the Liberal Party itself, where you had five different individuals uh, like your Trent Zimmermans and I think Dave Sharma as well, who didn't vote for it. I just want to see whether that sort of discrimination you see for people that go to young kids that see that sort of discrimination in their schools. Well, it was just a huge leap backward. There was there was different um, discussions coming from that. I think there was this discussion of um, private schools not, not accepting um, homosexual people. And but what what was that exactly with the bill? So yeah, that was a, a bill around institutions or schools being able to discriminate against people, whether they would be teachers or indeed students based on their sexuality or gender diversity. So whether if there's a, a religious school, for example, and that religion or that ethos that the school runs with doesn't align with someone that is LGBT, whether that led to them to try and push them out essentially and do that level to discriminate against them. Well, it just shows that we are very far away at some points, you know, from having a situation that's appropriate um, for young kids. Um, so, I mean, it's not even talking about, you know, how can we make everyone in our schools tolerate each other? It's about, you know, the very beginning of the discussion again, about whether they are normal or not. Yeah, it is. It, it is one of those things. Um, uh, like the sports thing, uh, picking on a small thing and turning it into a big thing. Um, look, I and I'll be open on you uh, on this one. Uh, again, good little Christian boy, grew up uh, going to a Christian school, and there was a point where um, the school's values didn't align, um, and so they made a, a hiring decision uh, around that. And there's like I actually got confronted a bit by that bill. Um, as a Christian, because I'm sitting there going, I grew up going, yeah, of course, if the values don't align, then why would you even want to work there? Um, but, and I still am challenging my own thinking around that. I still have to play that out for myself. Um, but the bit about that bill that I thought was like, whether you're a Christian or not, you can't support it is um, when it comes to discriminating against kids in the school. Like, uh, it, in my mind, if you're running a Christian school, you're open and you're accepting and you're loving and supporting everyone, right? And if you're getting to the point where you're putting in a policy that allows a school to kick a kid out because of the way they feel, I, I think you've got to slap yourself then. Um, yeah, but that's it's just um, an inevitable question, you know, for for us all. 
mm. and it's going to be a continuous issue with the church and it's it's just going to be turning society into both extremes i believe because that's basically an attack you know that's saying that um and whether you have people whether you have teachers in your school associating with the lgbt community or not there's still the kids you know that mm. have to find themselves and be who they are and that's so, that's the part where i'm i'm kind of admitting here that i'm i'm having to challenge myself around my thoughts around what i just said right because if i'm going to accept the kids then the kids need a role model and well, that's they where the teachers to... come in right so so discriminating against the teachers is still discriminating against the kids so that's why i'm 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 openly saying that I'm still I'm I'm working out my own thoughts around that as well. well I, the the thing is, you need to have teachers that um, are able to help these kids. And if yeah. you only have teachers in the school that are homophobic, you know, it's not going to. They just simply have no one to relate, and they have, are definitely going to grow into mm. a troubled individual. Yeah, that, and that's, specifically, that's exactly where I'm coming from, right? Specifically, if they don't have parents that are accepting. Yeah, I really appreciate this discussion, mate, and I really appreciate um, you being open with me working through some of, uh, you know, trying to let you know where I'm at as well, because it's um, it it helps when both sides are just trying to ask questions. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. So appreciate you, mate. I appreciate what you guys are doing down there. I wish you all the best with it. And um, I look forward to seeing um, some of the campaigns that you're looking for uh, because I know some kids that are impacted by this and I want them to be okay. If this podcast has raised any issues regarding your mental health, you can contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. Also, if you're listening to this and a member of the trans community and need help, you can contact QLife on 1-800-184-527. Till next time, make sure to subscribe to hear future podcasts.